ingratiating, slick, oily, greasy, obsequious, sycophantic, fawning. How's it going, eh? It's going all right. Excellent. We are yet again on a late night, Sunday night uh, record session. <laughs> yes. It's the quiet storm, everyone. <laughs> here's something new from... Uh, anyway. Did I talk to you uh, long ago about Jeffrey Holder doing our local radio station, our smooth jazz station? No. K-Y-O-T. Coyote. Smooth <laughs> jazz. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did, uh, <laughs> did you say something about that? Yeah. If uh, I what's his name? What's, who's the jazz uh, musician? Pat... Uh, Pat Buchanan. No, jazz Pat musician. Matheny. Oh, Pat Metheny. Oh, Metheny. Pat Metheny. Pat, Pat Metheny. That was who I was trying to reference and failing. <laughs> Always on the quiet storm. Indeed. Some of his quieter stuff. I, uh, <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. Yeah. All respect. He's a fantastic musician. But Oh, indeed, yes. Hey, it's just called Two Brothers. <laughs> it is just called, it's just called Two Brothers. Correct. <laughs> I'm Marcus. I am James. Hooray. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. I think I've hooray us a, a couple of times now. <laughs> hooray. I'm filling space, everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, a quick shout out to a, a known listener, Gabe. Thanks for the email. Uh, we really appreciate it. Do you want to call him out and run afoul of any stalking laws? <laughs> well, it's not like it doxed him. <laughs> there could be any number of Gabes. Could be one of one of the many Gabes who listen to our show. Um, what are our uh, What are our things to talk about? We have, have uh, we have a few. We're working on a sort of a special show. Yeah, off to yeah. the side here. And by working mm-hmm, on, I mean mm-hmm. I'm sort of making a lot of notes, and uh, you'll probably react to those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Need to have actor and reactor. We keep teasing it each show until we finally hit the <laughs> yeah. big Sloan spectacular. Yeah, so it's the, the Canadian band Sloan put out a new album this year. It's really great. surprised at how good they consistently are mm-hmm. um so I, I thought it would be cool to go through their back catalog one by one and uh, do a kind of overview because they deserve a they deserve a wider audience outside 
Canada, I think. They're big in Canada, but not many people here know about them. Well, that brings me to uh, one of the topics, which was uh, kind of a callback to last week, where we were talking about uh, Rick Moranis and SCTV and Bob and Doug McKenzie and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. We talked about Rick Moranis getting out of acting and so forth, and he did uh, fairly suddenly. I think his wife became ill, and he uh, became a single parent, sadly, but uh, he didn't quite get completely out of acting. He just took it much slower and uh, much more selectively. Mm-hmm. You know, but he still did uh, even yet another Honey I Shrunk the after that. But he ended up doing a a Bob and Doug McKenzie reunion. That's true, right? Bob and Doug's two mm-hmm. uh, four anniversary. Yep, mm-hmm. that is uh, that is true. I but that was that. that was released in in Canadian broadcasting only uh, at at first anyway. Right, it's probably is it on YouTube? Uh, it is not. No. Oh, never. Mind. It might be to in a. It's a couple places in uh, pay for streaming sort mm-hmm. of format, I believe, but. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then, then there was a uh, Bob and Doug animated series, mm, right. um, fairly short-lived, which, um, interestingly, he did not do the voice of Bob. Uh, they got Dave Coulier to do it, and Dave Thomas did Doug, but uh, Rick Moranis was an executive producer. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting, too. It's a little jarring because his, he, he's got a much dorkier voice than on mm-hmm. than when he was on SCTV with it or or even um, in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, so it's... <laughs> Kind of jarred me at the time. Well, it is Dave Coulier, so he brought his own style to it. He sure did. <laughs> I uh, anyway, actually went back and dug out the DVD and put it on to watch the first hour or so. Mm. Um, yeah, weird, yeah. but still funny in a lot of in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And then one more thing about that. Um, I had actually started to think about doing a correction corner about all this, but it's not really necessary. It's just a callback, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, he was all set to do um, City Slickers, yeah. uh, the part that Daniel Stern eventually played. So he, I, I saw an interview, I just stumbled on an interview uh, where he was on David Letterman. No, he was on uh, Jay Leno talking about this upcoming project that he and Billy Crystal and Bruno Kirby were going to do. And he didn't even, didn't say the name of it. He just talked about they were going to be riding horses and going to a dude ranch and so forth. I didn't realize that he, I didn't realize it had gotten that far with him. It yeah. Was he was kind he of was, cast already. He was all, um, I think he said it was going to be coming, was it coming out the following year? <laughs> anyway, they were, they were set to, set to go when they got Dave, uh, they got Daniel Stern. So that's pretty interesting because I really like that and City Slickers too. Mm-hmm. Those are two of my uh, favorite comedies uh, from that era. So very interesting to, to think about it. Rick Moranis as that role. I don't know. What I, may I, have been. I I thought they were good. Uh, at least the first one I liked. Mm-hmm. Second one, eh, I could take it or leave it. But uh, it, um, if I, you if you like the first one enough, then the second one is okay within its own sure realm. That's true. It's not, I don't think it would uh, stood alone as a great. Certainly, <laughs> this is fun to get a, get the band back together. Yes. Get the old gang back together for one more time. Exactly. Well. I, I'm I'm a fan of Jack Palance, uh-huh. so <laughs> any tour de force role like that, yeah, and Curly was as uh, that was the focus of my admiration of the film. It's, it's, yeah, sure, that's the main reason I liked it. Uh-huh. Billy Crystal is really good. Daniel Stern is typically funny, <laughs> but uh, that's, if I ever catch any scenes, that's that's what I that's what I like about it. The Jack Palance parts. Yeah, he he was deserving of his act, of his Oscar. Indeed, and he proved it with his one handed, one armed push ups. Yes, uh, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, all right, you're seventy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yep. So moving on. Moving on. Do we have anything to move on to? Well, you were gonna J J Peterman it up. That character really resonated with you. Oh, I love J Peterman. Let's yeah, just say I mean, you are 
obviously a huge Seinfeld fan. I am. You, it is you, probably... Well, boy, this is a tough thing to say. <laughs> it may have become my favorite show. Sure. Uh, the Simpsons was for, for ooh, dare I say, most of my life. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> from from the from the first watching for a long, long time. The Simpsons was my favorite show. I have a big, 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 big collection of Simpsons uh accoutrement, mini uh figurines and Springfield environments to plug them into where they say all their phrases and uh all kinds of things. I've got Simpsons cereal, I've got Simpsons dominoes. <laughs> Simpsons Are you uh, preserving stuff. the cereal? Oh yeah. I never opened it. Mm. <laughs> it was a gift from one of my students. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I have a lot of stuff, uh, Simpsons-related stuff. But since season 13, let's say, uh, it... Which <laughs> is a while ago. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still... You know, you and I still think of maybe season six or seven as right. later episodes. Right, but isn't that... Is that even... Is that even past the halfway point? It's before it, no, right? it is. They're in season 29. 29. Holy crap. Okay. So season 13, it was, was probably the, it wasn't the breaking point for me by any uh-huh. means. I, I lasted well into maybe up to season 20, Sure. you know, kind of giving it a shot and being hopeful. And um, when the movie came out, it was good right. and I enjoyed it. Um, and then there was a little bit of a resurgence in the series in writing quality, I think. Sure. For, for you know, a couple more seasons. I'll go along with that. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't watching regularly by then, but I, I did... Uh, sort of dip in now and then, and you know suddenly you realize, hey, The Simpsons is on, yeah, and uh, watch it. So that was well when I still had uh, cable. Mm-hmm. So and then the the uh, the Treehouse of Horrors episodes are um, yeah pretty consistently good uh, overall. Uh, they they tend to put a lot of effort into those, I believe. True. I think they work on the premises and scripts longer than others, or or at least. Mm-hmm. Um, do more sort of writer's room collaborative things with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that that was my impression in the past. So Yeah. And if you have a whole year to, to sort of pitch <laughs> ideas, hey, this should right. go in the Treehouse Wars episodes, that it would well, make Well, they sense. know they they're can... going to do that thing every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they already have this sort of, you know, what are we going to do this Halloween? Mm-hmm. Everything else can, you know, be done as it's, as people get ideas, I guess. Right. But for that, they're, you know, and it's highly scrutinized. By, by the fans, mm-hmm. so I think there's a probably a, a push to really, you know, polish it up and make it a highlight of the year early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a good lead-in. Certainly, yeah. And they have the freedom um, to do anything they want because right. none of it's canon. Right, right. So that yeah, that's that's a good point. So they can kill them all or <laughs> make new characters, change their entire lives around, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah, or they've got the entire catalog of, of uh, horror movies yes. to, uh, to parody as that well. Always, so that, yes, always something mm-hmm. that's hit that can be parodied. Yeah. So, uh, okay, having said all that, <laughs> um, I think since then, uh, Seinfeld has become my, my favorite show. But they're certainly right up there in the top two and, and have been for decades. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so Jay Peterman, if not my favorite, uh, right up there. Um, Putty with <laughs> Patrick Warburton, Patrick Warburton is, yeah. uh, is great. He's not in it very much, though, overall, right? I think he was only in seven, seven episodes. He was in more in the final season. But, well, so was Jay Peterman, for that oh. matter. I don't know if they had... Um, Hmm. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, I, I'm sure it'd be easy to look up who was in more episodes, but uh, hmm. I, I just like hmm. Patrick Warburton. I mean, that I didn't, I, I wouldn't have thought that if I if I was asked, you know, where he, where Jay Peterman fell on, along the timeline. Hmm. In my mind, it's sort of in the middle, but uh, but I guess not. No, no, he was right in the, right toward the end. I think he was, hmm. um, I think he may have come in season eight. 
Wow. And, uh, and nine. Was really far along. Yeah. Amazing. Right toward the end there. That was, that was Lane's last job, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was going to say, um, I like Patrick Warburton so much that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, him as Putty is great, but Peterman is so flamboyant and um, <laughs> just uh, over the top in his in his deliveries and and what he has to say. Right, <laughs> he's a, he is quite the character. Eminently quotable. Yes. Elaine, Mr. Peterman, uh... we missed you at the get well party. Poor old Walt has a polyp in the do one. Oh, Elaine, this dry air is curing me like a black forest ham. Elaine. Who among us hasn't snuck into the break room to nibble on a love noodle? <laughs> Understood. Patrick Warburton is good in everything. Yeah, he is. Um, ha- have you started... A series of unfortunate events? We are uh, maybe... Part two. Four episodes in? Mm-hmm. Or now, yeah. Yeah, we finished uh, part one, and we haven't started season two yet. Mm. I say part one. Season one. Uh, yeah, haven't haven't uh, started season two. That's on uh, the list. It is quite good. Mm-hmm. Are the productions of different quality or style? Than what? Than the season one. No, it's pretty close to the same. Mm-hmm. Sort of, um, it's, I want to say it's almost a diorama feel. <laughs> Things yeah. feel um, uh, like they're working within miniatures in a way. Right, yeah, I get that uh, from season one, certainly. It's funny, because um, they sort of montage the scenes together in a way, or they mm-hmm. used to. You know, thing melts into thing, and yeah. um, the the uh, I don't want to say landscape. You know, the scale of everything seems very small, very yeah, closed you, in. Like I wouldn't be surprised if um, at some point you saw a behind the scenes look at it, <laughs> and it was um, every uh, every set or or scene mm-hmm. was um, like a pie wedge within this sort of table <laughs> that they could just rotate. Right, you know that kind of a. Like miniature. Uh, Joel Hodgson's TV TV wheel. Oh yeah, <laughs> perhaps. I'll have to. I'll try to link that in the in the show notes. That was uh, indeed. <laughs> that was an amazing experiment. <laughs> or something like uh, like a studios would do, or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. This kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. I mean, most of it is um, digitally created around them. Ah. Okay. I did not know that. But they do have. Uh, they they have a bit of a claustrophobic feel to to the mm-hmm. sets the set mm-hmm. design, yeah, um, which helps you know because you're trying to create a, an oppressive mood a lot of times, yeah, and and uh, since the the sort of storyline the um, the plot and everything else the the scheme of the thing is a bit cartoonish, mm-hmm. um, that lends itself to those those kinds of distortions where it looks realistic naturalistic but it it's a bit exaggerated in various ways. Yeah, understood. Yeah, that's, that all makes sense. We'll have to do a, a semi-review once Maybe. I get into season two. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Have you finished BoJack? I have not. Uh, that would be a thing to review first. Well, I'll write, sir. <laughs> or at least in lieu of. Well, we're certainly, uh, I'm certainly closer. I think I have uh, one or two episodes left only. Huh. Right? Did I say I was on ten? Uh, yeah, and that's, I believe there's, yeah, mm-hmm. I think you have two left. Yeah, yeah. Got to get on him. Yes. Also, um, <laughs> we're just listing, uh, listing things that we haven't seen or finished yet. Hey, um, that's uh, several shows that I, <laughs> that I can think of. Yeah. I see that uh, Black Panther, I believe, is about to come on, on demand uh-huh. uh, on cable here, so we're probably right. going to see that here pretty soon. Well, we went to see Infinity War. Aye. It was fine. Was it worth the $2 billion or whatever their uh, ungodly amounts of money they're raking in worldwide? I, I don't know. 
Infinity Wars is either on track or has already uh, broken the record for mo- for highest grossing film. Uh, well, actually, it's Infinity War, singular. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Um, I I keep getting confused because um, there was the uh, Marvel Secret, Secret Wars, Wars uh, uh, way back when uh, when I was collecting back. comics. Uh, possibly the first massive crossover. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's sort I of set so. the trend anyway because yeah. it was a big, big, huge blockbuster seller. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, also the introduction of Spider-Man getting his new suit, which <laughs> right. then became Venom. Right. Mm-hmm. I've I've looked. Um, I've tried to price out those comics because uh, I have I have the set mm-hmm. of uh, Secret Wars, and uh, the the only one they're they're worth two or three bucks a piece. It's the not set bad. Is, the set is not worth any more than they are individually. Interesting. Uh, uh, but the um, the origin of a Venom book is uh, worth like thirteen or fourteen, I think. Of course, right. or it was several years ago when I last mm-hmm. checked. So is it in mint condition? I would say not. <laughs> it's a hard sell then. No, well, it's in good to very good. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read them for since uh, 1990. Right. It's difficult to have before. a mint condition book uh, that you've actually read. Yeah. <laughs> they want them they want them unread straight off the press and into the bag. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think there, um, I don't think there's any noticeable flaws in most or all of them, but uh, they are probably dusty because <laughs> they are not in bags. Oh, well, mistake number one. All right, mister. You want trouble, you're going to get trouble. Oh, I want trouble, all right. Then you're going to get trouble. No, you're going to get trouble. Oh, that's good. That's good, because I want trouble. Then we're agreed there'll be trouble. Oh, yeah, lots of trouble. Trouble it is. For you. Don't! Listen, I, there's, what, was, what was the other thing we were going to do? Um, Real Genius is my favorite film, Yep. as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my... Dream of my own speaking voice is to sound like Val Kilmer in that role in in the Chris Knight role. Uh-huh. That's um, I could listen to that dialogue all day, but I don't think I really match that tone. And I was thinking, uh, I was listening to some uh, Alex Lifeson interview or other. Yep. Um, obviously the guitar player for Rush, and I hear some similarities. And I I was just curious to know. If you thought the same, because it never I, struck me before, I hadn't thought of it. Um, but then you you linked a couple of um, a couple of interviews with uh, Alex Lifeson and Getty Lee, yeah. And I listened. Um, you have a pretty pretty similar tone. It's hard to to get past his Canadian accent, right? When I'm trying to think about uh, anything but the tone, right? But uh, yeah, I, I can see that it would be similar enough to wonder. Yeah, there's something about the quality of my tone. I think, mm-hmm. and I if I listen back. To the show, sometimes I'll I'll hear it. Uh, I because I listen to so much uh, Canadiana of various yeah. kinds, you know, podcasters and Music. just interviews with musicians, uh, tons of bands. You know, uh, more into Canadian music than sort of any other region. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll go looking for interviews with with band members. So if that slips in, it sounds even more so. <laughs> but if I start talking like I'm from Toronto, it's sort of <laughs> does just come out <laughs> like that yeah hey, go back to canadia hey german boy go back to germania <laughs> <laughs> not bad not bad okay oh that's a good one so i don't know maybe we'll um we'll put a clip of something i should have 
I should have written a phrase that he says and something and just yeah. said it and make it compare the, the two. I don't you know. Can, you can go back and forth. Uh, he says something, you say something, you say something, <laughs> he says something. Hmm. Yeah. Perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. We'll just do a small thing. <laughs> it's fine. And uh, I, I kind of am leaning towards that more these days of playing pure tones and then adding something after rather than running through the whole line and recording it that way. So there's a little more flexibility and that's always a, a prudent course to take, I think, when you're recording. However, there were some, some songs where I wanted to get a particular effect and of course we dialed it in. And I have to say the Switchblade is really great for that. It's got some, the, the effects on it are, are really, really good and there's a great tone to that amp. What else? Speaking of uh, late night recording <laughs> sessions. I hear me? <laughs> well. <laughs> Just trying to eat up time, watching I, the, the waveform move towards that magic 30 minute mark. I was going to mention, um, Infinity War is it's fine. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you have a desire to see it, but yeah, I, was, it. I was a bit, I don't know, maybe bored mm -hmm. through some of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little tedious with the, it being a string of fight scenes. Right. That's pretty much <laughs> most of the film. Mm -hmm. In my perception, anyway, I don't know. It it didn't have the story impact, if you like, mm -hmm. that a couple of the other ones did that I've seen. Yeah, um, we didn't didn't see Ragnarok or um, Doctor Strange yet, so no, I haven't seen those either. Um, those sort of you know everything connects now, right? So if you miss one, there are major plot spoilers yeah, <laughs> inevitably for the next one that they talk about. Yeah. I mm -hmm. should wait on, on infinity war because, um, that's three. I haven't seen then, uh, sure. uh Dr. Strange and, uh, Thor Ragnarok and black Panther. Mm -hmm. So, oh, and that's four. That's uh guardians of the galaxy two. Oh, geez. Which is on my list. Mm, that's a lot that's of fun. One. You should, you should see that one. Just see that one first. Yeah. Well, it's the oldest, I believe. Yes. Somewhere else. Well, maybe not. Dr. Strange was out. No, hmm. well, that's a good question. Actually, don't know, don't care, but yeah, it doesn't I don't matter. know. <laughs> I don't think that matters. I don't think so for that one. Black Panther is it doesn't. I think, as I recall, there's some little things peppered in, um, but overall, it's yeah, you know, almost all in Wakanda. Mm -hmm. So you're just mostly dealing with that region. Yeah, and then you know couple of flashbacks but I, I think yeah you could probably see that out of order and basically get it mm -hmm. i reckon so so i'll wait on infinity war so sure. that's okay yeah you ain't missing nothing yeah <laughs> well one of the problems that i think they're running into star trek certainly did this where everything is like the apocalypse you know mm -hmm. everything is the end of the universe that they have to or potentially the end of the universe right so you know it's like um you don't have to go that far in scope uh -huh. just tell a good story they can be like episodic in a, in a way so i think they went a little too far in the last uh, two or three star treks um it's a problem that i have with most superhero comics mm -hmm. series you know in an attempt to continually reinvent the most powerful beings on the planet for a long time there was just a push to get bigger and bigger and bigger and right, that was part right. of what secret wars was mm -hmm. you know take it out of the galaxy um but eventually it's just more of the same like oh right. well here's another world destroying <laughs> mm -hmm. you know entity that you've got to defeat and are they going to defeat well yeah of course mm -hmm. so it's the ones that have more of the human stories that i find compelling mm -hmm. so um winter soldier i think is probably still my favorite black panther 
was maybe number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first Avengers was pretty good. And um, Iron Man one. Yeah, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I liked it. Yeah, and lots of the other ones were, you know, either okay or good. Mm-hmm. They're they're decent blockbuster films. Yeah, you like Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I really did like that. I had never heard of Guardians of the Galaxy until the movie. Well, came very out. few people had. If mm-hmm. if you were sort of you know in the industry, you might have caught it, or mm-hmm. if you're just a general Marvel fan. But yeah, it was uh, it's kind of obscure. Yeah. Where I, where I thought um, I think most people would say that about Doctor Strange. You think? I was, don't. I mean, in I, the seventies, it was pretty popular. Yeah, as I recall. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, it was an insanely weird though. Oh yeah, and it's he like wasn't a man. Yeah, he didn't. He he was. Well, I mean, the difference, of course, being he was magic, mm-hmm. and not you know super powerful with his uh, sort of innate being. I don't know how to. So, yeah, I never really figured out what the Scarlet Witch's magic was about. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was mostly levitating, as I recall. Yeah, um, the comics. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, Doctor Strange was less, you know, sort of save the world in your face and more, you know, these are the dimensions that would drive you insane were you to even catch a glimpse of them. And I, <laughs> it is my duty to... St- to beat back the denizens of those accursed realms. They'll never know. <laughs> yeah. That sort of thing. This is my duty. <laughs> what is funny about my duty? You know I take my duty quite seriously. If I reach behind your ear, it will not be a nickel I pull out, but your very soul. Oh, yes, duty. Clever. Who wants pizza rolls? Pumpkin! Get me my cloak! Why don't you wear the... Uh... All right, fine. Get me my blue windbreaker! <laughs> <laughs> uh, clearly a parody of Doctor Strange. Yeah, yes, but uh, easily my favorite character on Hatch oh, yeah, Easily. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. <laughs> also uh, very competent on the show, so he stands out. He, he doesn't yes, always connect sir. with what's happening in... <laughs> the so-called real world that we <laughs> we have to live in mm-hmm. but he he does know what he's doing in contrast to many of the characters on that show right who are <laughs> at best ineffective and at worst uh <laughs> self-defeating yeah <laughs> <laughs> and brock brock mm-hmm. is another one yes yeah. who's, who's incredibly competent <laughs> hey patrick warburton <laughs> uh, yeah exactly and i uh, i mean the mighty the mighty monarch is uh Highly intelligent and capable, but he surrounds himself with incompetence, uh, at least until Gary really came into his own. Yeah, but also he is self-defeating because of his um, all-encompassing <laughs> yes, his rage and <laughs> right. obsession with, right. uh, with and against uh, Dr. Venture. So. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it, it does verge into self-destruction <laughs> at a certain point. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's the white whale of Dr. Venture. Mm-hmm. Very, very mutually self-destructive, or it would be if Doctor Venture had a clue. <laughs> right, he doesn't even know. Right, that this is a thing. <laughs> I think that annoys uh, Monarch even more. Oh, can't even. No doubt. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> uh, hey, um, there's some music playing. Oh, uh, ready? Yeah. Feels like just yesterday. Oh. <laughs> 
started our tiny podcast. <laughs> so uh, we can wrap it up uh, by saying thanks for listening to another rambling episode of <laughs> It's Just Called Two Brothers. Thank you indeed. We had some topics, but they're all over the place. Uh, yeah. There's still... some nerdery in there. Yeah. I, feel, we, we feel it's waged. We kind of brought it back together with the uh, Patrick Warburton thread. I guess so. For a while there, <laughs> it was just, you know, it was like the music show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is this our thing now? Now it's, there's more, there's more geek creative shove into the show <laughs> you can send us an email at bros at it's just called two brothers.com and you can tweet at ijc2b and you blog every day at marcusharwell.com incredibly that is true 